Jacob Sanderson, Billy Milestone, and your host, Thomas Tipple, Dynasty Podcast. This is the Full Tilt. Full Tilt. Jacob Sanderson, Billy Milestone, and your host, Thomas Tipple. This is the Full Tilt Dynasty Podcast. Are you, are you, coming to the tree? They strung up a man, they saved a free. I volunteer! I volunteer as tribute! Hey! Hey! <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Like, I'm not used to being in the back of controls. When I host on Tuesday, it is a very limited technical operation. Uh, Tom, of course, our typical host, uh, has a very complex array of fantastic technical innovations. You know, I'm, I'm over here in District 13. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just <laughs> over here. Fire so yeah. What's up, everybody? As you can tell, your typical host with the most time on his hands, Thomas Tipple, is not with us today. Thus, I am taking over in the host chair on a temporary basis, FF underscore RTDB. And I'm here with Big Billy FF and the Aussie Tom Lee 92. And whenever Tom leaves, it's been tradition for over a year on this (laughs) podcast that Billy and I usually end up doing a mock draft. And what better timing to do it than right now? Home leagues are ready to kick off, and so I know we usually do a little bit of dynasty action, but today we're going to do our home league mock draft, right? A classic one QB, two running backs, three wide receivers, one tight end, and a flex. OG. We're going to talk about it. So that's why, of course, we have the Mocking Jay theme today. But first, we're going to cover some of the recent news. We're going to get into a little bit of strategy talk before we get into the mock draft. And let's uh, let's talk to you folks. How are you doing, Tom Lee? You're on the Friday night show. How are you doing? Pretty good, man. It's Saturday morning over here, nice and sunny. So <laughs> can confirm 15 hours in the future. It's looking good. It's good. Tom Lee, Tom Lee <laughs> is getting close to like com- completing the set of doing a show on every day. Of the week. Slowly taking over. Yes. <laughs> what, like the walkabout has moved Monday, Tuesday. Y'all every Saturday show. The more walkabout, the better. <laughs> in a in a way, we're doing three Saturday shows in a row, right? We did the we did the Saturday show, of course, at the Pod Father, and then we moved back yeah. to Saturday last week, and now it's Friday for us. But for thirty three percent of this podcast, uh, I was <laughs> it is on the back Saturday, Saturday show. Yeah. Uh, Billy, how are you doing, my man? I'm all right. I'm sad I got had to miss last week, but unfortunately, I had my anniversary. So wow, you know okay. that takes some priority. But I'm glad to be back. Glad, looking forward to doing some redraft. I'm looking forward to prepping for my home league draft this week. Uh, unfortunately, I lost a lot of players. So starting next mm. Thursday, I am drafting in a six-person redraft league. 
So looking forward to some Billy, super teams. You're, you're on Twitter. Why don't you just put out a tweet and say who wants yeah. to join my redraft Be- league? Because the people I'm playing with don't want to play with people on Twitter. <laughs> because the yeah, people you on Twitter – you can lie to the people you're playing with and just say, yeah. "Hey, I, I just like that, found these four yeah, guys." These are the best mates of mine. Yeah, that that would be a Billy. Your own game. podcast network. But <laughs> it's a ten dollar buy-in. It's people I work with. We're gonna we're gonna clean some house. I will gladly post the team I end up with on Twitter because mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be hilarious. The dude who has one hundred and one works next to me. And uh, was asking me if he should take Mahomes or CMC 101. So it's a one QB league. I, I can one QB league. Wow. You know, I my favorite is whenever best. whenever you see these like ridiculous redraft teams from home leagues, the ongoing joke is always you'll be like eight man league, and you'll be like, no, actually six. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, even better. Last year, I had that same question going on, and my entire team died on the field. So you know what? COVID or. I'm, <laughs> Fortunately, no. Just Dak Prescott, Saquon Barkley, uh, Joe Mixon. No excuses, that, buddy. Just be better. Eh, one of those times. Be better. Be better. All right. Well, let's get into the news here. Speaking of dying on the field, we had some injuries. We're not going to talk about it at length because it is, it's been a while and it's been talked out to death. Yeah. So we're going to go. We're just going to you know breeze over the top of it. Not breeze like Billy's uh, blog post that's gone up uh, just the other week. But we're going to breeze over the top of it. Um, yeah. Yeah, Travis Etienne, of course, the first-round running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars, one of my favorite players this year, uh, out for the season with a Liz Frank injury. Um, as it pertains to redraft first, because we're talking about redraft today, you're obviously no longer taking Travis Etienne. James Robinson, you know, where do you feel comfortable? Is this a locked and loaded RB1 like he was last year, or is this a different situation this year? Tom, we'll, we'll let you go first here. Yeah, not a locked and loaded RB1, um, mid to late. RB2, just based on volume. I, I was talking yesterday with Tom on the walkabout, and, uh, yeah, I really have questions about this Urban Meyer offense and what's going mm. on. Um, it's just too unknown right now. We don't know what this, like, not in the split. I don't really care about Carlos Hyde, but we just don't know what it's going to be, um, and that's the biggest concern right now. I, I'm not even worried about the, the Urban Meyer offense. Um, I'm fading James Robinson because I think there's absolutely no way he gets the workload he did last year. Yeah. People don't realize James Robinson was getting in multiple games last year a hundred percent of the rushing work carries. Del- Delvin Cook gets about sixty percent, seventy percent most of the time. Ten percent like, discount. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly right. Like his rush share, it was Christian McCaffrey esque. Yeah, uh, like he can. It be, was better. <laughs> right. Like I have people saying, like you don't think he's going to be the workhorse. Like, yeah, I do. I think he's going to be the workhorse in the sense that we mean it for you know ninety percent of running backs. Right. Yeah. There's a difference between workhorse running back and what he was like. He had a better role than Derrick Henry last year. Yeah. I think the offense is going to be better. I think Uh, he's going to get a a lion's share (laughs) of the workload. Um, I just don't see a way that he is winning in the same way he was last year. I think James Robinson is a very good running back. I think the Jaguars did a really dumb thing drafting Travis Etienne. Not because ETN is a bad player. I think NFL teams, when they get a value at running back like they did with Robinson, they need right. to stick yeah. with it. That's why, that's why I like the Dolphins not going out and getting someone like Javante or Aaron Jones uh, during free agency and instead choosing to roll with Gaskin and Malcolm Brown. As dumb as – as much as we like to pick on Malcolm Brown, I think yeah, it's a valuable choice. 
So moving in, moving into looking at ETN and redraft. He's <laughs> in redraft or not redraft in yeah, dynasty. I think, I think he's a hard fade in redraft. Yeah, I mean it's. I I'm just grateful they did put him on IR because notably Cam Akers isn't on IR, oh, yeah. which I think which is, is really interesting. Aggravating. If for if you're a commissioner, by the way, if you're a commissioner just, and your IR spots don't allow like pop list players to go on IR, yeah. like seriously, now. man, look in the mirror, be a better person. You suck. Yeah. If you're that commissioner, you suck. I like the, exactly. the leagues where I have to look at Cam Akers and I can't even replace the roster spot because he's not on IR yet with a torn freaking Achilles. Absolute like jabroni behavior out of those commissioners. Absolutely. But in that case, I mean, I like J-Rob in redraft. I'm hoping he looks really good and then he gets traded next offseason to go off to a better team. People always think running backs are going to get traded, and it rarely happens. We can we can dream, but I, I hope he is either holding out next year, demanding a new contract, or demanding a trade because I think that makes sense for him if he goes out this year and runs for a thousand yards and six touchdowns. But yeah. in terms of ETN and dynasty, I'm going out and trading for him anywhere I'm rebuilding. Really? Like, like well, so I, what, would, what would you give up? What would you give up? Right now, if I was in a rebuilding team, I would be trading away just about any like win now asset. Okay, I mean that makes sense. So someone, someone like Julio Jones, I think is a prime target. Okay. If yeah, if yeah that makes a, sense. Yeah, if you have a dude in your league right now who has three running backs, and you know, ETN was their RB four, and they were going to lock and load it this year and win the championship no matter what. Go out and get ETN. Give him Julio Jones. Yeah. Give him the give him the belt. And you can continue your rebuild correctly. Like that that's the yeah. boat I'm in with ETN. I, I agree with that. Like I, I'm in one league where where my team is absolute trash. Uh and I I, I was I offered uh Odell Beckham and Logan Thomas for him. Uh yeah. like that's the kind of that's the kind of deal I would do. The one deal that I've been pulling off a lot, we talked about this on the Tuesday show. Shane also got this deal done a lot, is just like as an ETN uh rosterer, is uh just ETN to get like a 22 first or 23 first. I don't really know why people are giving up first for ETN. It doesn't really make any sense to me, but I'm very happy to do it. Uh, to me, like ETN, and I, I mean, I love ETN. He was a guy that I thought, you know, was actually worth trading up for if I had a late first. He was first. our was, one. Yeah, like I was very willing, you know, to, to give up like my 110 or 111 or whatever it is, add a second to that, move up to the 1.6 to 1.8, wherever I needed to be to actually acquire him. I, I, you know, but obviously things change, right? When you're When you're acquiring a player, you don't expect them to – to have a, a list Frank injury to their foot before they ever play a snap. Uh, yeah. And and at this point, the reality is he was a mid first round pick and he's not going to provide anything this year. Hopefully he'll provide something next year. I'm sure I will not be able to sell all of my shares. So I, I am very, very, very hopeful that he will be terrific next year, but the odds are pretty stacked against him. You don't want your rookies missing an entire first year due to injury. I would much rather just re-roll the pick. You're going to be able to get a quality player with that 22 or 23 first. Even if the, the the person on the other end of the deal thinks it's going to be late, they don't know it's going to be late. Uh, no one knows what picks are going to be late, you know, this early on. So I, exactly. I, I'm pretty content to reroll. Let's let's quickly uh, address here. Uh, Sony Michelle traded to the Rams. All right. Again, people have talked about this a lot, so I don't want to get you know super into weeds with this. But yeah, uh, one thing that I always find really interesting is like the first 30 minutes of after a trade happens. Before you get any beat reports, before you get 
you know, all of these different analysts with their takes before the herding begins, right? That's a term from polling is people see the results. They try to herd their results. Yeah. So it's not actually what they think. It's just what they sort of to fit into the end of the market. Uh, wild array of takes, right? Like we saw uh, folks say this changes literally nothing. I'm keeping it the exact same place. There were other folks saying I actually would, would rank Sony Michelle ahead of Darrell Henderson. Uh, Tom, I'll, I'll let you go first. What do you see this as, you know, Henderson, Sony, Michelle, if you don't want to give me your rank even, or, or just sort of how you see this playing out. Yes. I mean, I wasn't a huge Henderson fan uh, before acres moved him up, obviously after acres for redrafts. Uh, I don't want any piece of him really in dynasty. I don't really want any piece of this ramps running game in dynasty. Um, this is too much fluctuating for me, but for as far as winners go from this trades uh, for me, it's, it's Damien Harris. So like that's the one piece I think in redraft that gets a boost um, or at least a little bit more security. It's a, it's a nice late round pick, which we might look at later on in the mock. Um, but realistically, nothing else really changes. I don't really care that much about the move. It's it's cool to see names shifting, but Damien Harris is the only one I'm really interested in out of this. Interesting. So why Harris? Because I, I moved Harris up a little bit, but I mean, my, my, look, my read on the situation was Harris was in a spot where you know, presumably if everything stayed status quo, Ramondre was probably going to be inactive on game days and it was yeah. going to be Harris as the lead rusher, White the pass catcher, and Michelle the 1B as the rusher. Now, to me, I just see Ramondre probably stepping into the role that Michelle would have had. Yep. So I, I don't see a huge difference for Harris. I mean, it's definitely a slight boost because I think yeah, now I think he's one injury away from being, you know, a 80% rush share guy. Yeah. But if everyone's still healthy, like I still think Ramondre is going to take a little bit. Yeah. So for me, it's not that he goes up necessarily. It's more that he just solidifies what he could have been. Um, Yeah. So it's not that he has more upside or anything like that. He just has that share to himself now, as opposed to Sony has a good game and all of a sudden they're pushing forward. It's the same thing. Ramondre could have a good game, break off one or two runs, maybe, but he'll be out of breath by the end of it. So, you know, Harris is coming straight back on. Billy, let's get your take on this. Yeah, I'm in the boat where I really don't think this matters. I think in the case where... I think the case where this takes a hit on Henderson is if the Rams come in and they use Sony Michelle in a way that he has not been used yeah. since he's been in the NFL, and that's primarily as a pass catcher. He had a lot of success in that coming out of college, but he has not been used that way. And partially, that's partially due to the Patriots using uh, James White in that role, and that's fine. I just don't think in this case we should really be that worried about Sony Michelle. He's a talented player, I think. I think he was a good prospect when he came out, but he hasn't turned out to be much at the NFL level. He's shown a lot of efficiency. He's shown a lot of being able to work as as an uh, NFL running back. But I think the Patriots were fine drafting him because he won them a Super Bowl. He won them a lot of games, that one playoff run they made. But, I mean, the, the Rams went out and traded two late-round picks and they're a team that doesn't even care about the early round picks. Like I, I wholeheartedly yeah, they just they spend them on Van Jefferson and Tutu Atwell. Yeah, I they should trade all of their picks. They, they I wholeheartedly have trusted. I wholeheartedly believe that they did not like what they were seeing out of Xavier Jones and Jake Funk. Which is and not surprising because they're Xavier no. Jones and Jake Funk. And Jake Funk. Yeah. <laughs> Jake. The most exciting thing about Jake Funk is his last name. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But yeah. besides that, like it's, I think that is all that this is. Is they yeah. added a depth piece in case Henderson, who has history hurting himself, 
Right. If he goes down, they now have a running back that they can use moving later on into the year mm-hmm. because the Rams are expected to be a deep playoff team. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. all I think it is. I think maybe we shave 30 rush attempts throughout the year uh, off of him. But, eh. yeah, I think with Henderson, it's, it's, I don't know, it is a shift to me because I, I think that his, there's a legitimate hit. I mean, Sony is a very large person. They, they used Malcolm Brown a lot last year, right? Like, so I, I don't know if, I don't know how good Sony is. I'm pretty sure he's better than Malcolm Brown. Like, in fact, I'm quite sure that he's better than Malcolm Brown. So if they're willing to use Malcolm Brown on third downs last year, uh, if they're willing to use Malcolm Brown in the goal line last year, you know, it's very conceivable that they would want to use Sony for that, especially after giving up essentially a fourth round pick. Uh, So I do think it it, it makes a difference. I mean, Henderson, realistically, he's a slasher back. He's not a guy that you want carrying the ball 20 times a game. But the issue is he's he's also never really been a pass catcher at the NFL level. Uh, I think that he has shown more as a pass catcher than Sony Michelle, at least at the NFL level. We really have not seen Sony be a pass catcher since Georgia back in 2017. So it's interesting. I, I think that the goal line work is probably my biggest concern for Henderson. I moved him down. I had him pretty highly. I had him ranked RB 16 just because I really like this offense and because the competition he was with prior to Sony was just not NFL caliber uh, in whatsoever. And so I felt like there was a bit of an opportunity for Henderson to sort of become a workhorse by default and a really good offense. And we actually know he's quite efficient per touch. So uh, it's it's a downgrade for me, but he's still RB20. To me, he's now more, he's kind of Miles Sandersy, Josh Jacobs, Javante Williams tier for me in redraft. Uh, and now he's, he's behind the Carson Montgomery, uh, you know, folks that I had him a little bit ahead of before. I just don't think he has quite the upside. Let's uh, quickly address this question before we get to the Billy stat corner. Uh, and that is, does Jamar Chase get any suspension, yay or nay? I don't know if anyone else is something different to me. I just, I don't know. Uh, probably not, uh, at least not anytime soon, and not based yeah. on the information out so far. All there is right now is an Instagram story that was deleted an hour later. Uh, obviously, yeah. if this did uh, happen, that's extremely serious. And I hope that the NFL and legal authorities take it extremely seriously if there's a case presented, but if nothing else comes from it, uh, it's really hard for me to believe that there would be uh, a suspension. There's, there's just not a lot that we really have to go off of yet. Yeah. We got to uh, wait and so, see. so I think it's, it's a wait and see for me. I, um, I did not do a good job because I have not seen anything about this. So I will get back to this. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's get into when we come back. We will be having Billy's Stat Corner. We will see you in just a little bit. All right, we have much more success there with the... (laughs) All right, welcome back to Billy's Stat Corner. For anyone that does not know how Billy's Stat Corner works... uh, Big Billy FF up here in the top right corner will come up with a stat of the week. And whoever else we have on this rotating set of panelists is going to try and name whoever it is on the list. Billy got off to a very, very hot start. I believe he was 7-0 or 8-0 at a given time. Uh, it's steadily – we're making a bit of a comeback. It's up to 9-3. to However, he was quite a substantial lead. So, will Billy get it to double digits today, or will we close into 9-4? Let's find out. Billy, what do you got for us? All right. I legitimately think I brought what is potentially a softball this week. Oh, God. But I I think it's interesting Uh because 
the past couple of years, the past couple of preseasons, players who have broken out early on in the preseason didn't really do much in the season they played in, but are rising in value now. And I'm talking about Jacoby Myers primarily. Mm -hmm. In 2019, Jacoby Myers led the NFL in preseason receiving yards. And that leads into today's question. <laughs> what what three players are currently leading in preseason receiving yards? Okay. Uh, absolutely, Marquez Callaway has Callaway, to be. Yep. Yeah, he has like 167 yards. Marquez Callaway is number one. I will. <laughs> yeah. Easy one. I knew, knew that would get picked immediately. Um, Corey Davis has to be Corey on the Davis. list. Yeah. Uh, he it might not be it, but he definitely has a lot of yards. I, he, well, he got what seventy last game. Yeah, he had seventy last game, and he oh actually okay, he got targets the first game. I think he got like at least twenty or so. Oh, mm. Hamler had one hundred and two the first game, but he, only had, yeah. but he only had two the second game. Uh, who else has done some stuff? Terrace Marshall's done some stuff. Yes, actually, I bet Marshall's there. I think he's up at like one hundred and thirty something because he's getting a lot of snaps. Let's lock in Marshall. I think Marshall. So, sorry, I just opened up CBS Sports and it started blasting like a guitar riff in my ear. <laughs> yes, Ter Terrace Marshall is number three on the list. Woo! So y'all are two and oh. There is. Okay. Right. Well, that's actually key, Tom. So he said it's number two. Terrace it Marshall, is, yeah. I believe, had uh, 55 yards the second game and 88 the first. Billy, can you confirm yep. if that's the right number? Uh, I... <laughs> If I so open specific. up another, if I open up another CBS page, I might get screened at. Uh, okay, yeah, so he is number three. He is number three. Right, yeah. but I'm saying, between... have 100, can you confirm if he has 143 yards? Uh, 138 is what CBS 138. is telling me. Okay, so that's so we need someone with more than 138. So not Davis, that is not obnoxious. Hamler. Um, not Davis, not Hamler. So who's got other... a lot of snaps? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Um, did anyone else like break a really big play that you can recall? Hmm. Trying to think like through the Moonies, through the. Um, I don't even think Moonies played. No. He played week one, but not much. So you think it'd be a rookie? Because um, they're trying to get a lot of snaps into Yeah, it. but it's got to be someone that's like been hyped a little like a, bit, right? No, Reagan didn't get that many. No. Uh, what about your Quez? Oh. Your quiz? Oh, Quez had that one big touchdown, but no, he didn't yeah. even catch anything the second game. Right. I think he's sitting on 76. <laughs> um, is Tavon Austin playing with Jacksonville right now? Yeah, he is. Actually. Oh, oh God. That ad is obnoxious. CBS sports just keeps blasting in my ear. Um, Shout out to CBS sports. Yeah. Are we going to – man, I want to freaking get these. Like, I want to get this, right? Yeah. Oh, wait. Pittsburgh's played three games, right? They have. Um, yeah, because they played an extra one. Yeah. Who's who's done stuff for Pittsburgh? Uh, like, I guess I think – well, Claypool had the big first game, but then he didn't yeah, play. Yeah, he got hurt. But yeah. then he didn't play in the in the third one, so it's on him. Deontay and Juju had pretty good games this last time, but I don't really think they did anything the previous one. Yeah, Juju um, caught a lot behind a line of scrimmage. Wasn't yeah, and, and Najee only had the one big catch. It doesn't have anything yeah. that. Because um, who are they playing in the Hall of Fame? Is it Denver in the Hall of Fame? It was Dallas. Dallas. It was Dallas. Dallas. And I don't think okay. I don't think that they've – like, their starters haven't done anything. I don't think Malik Taylor has that much. I know he had a couple. Um, frickin' frack. Uh, we got the two right off the frickin' top two. <laughs> Billy, we're going we're gonna to cash in our hint here. 
Okay, I I don't know. I'm going to give you a simple one here because I feel like there's reason to understand this hint, but I don't want to make it abundantly clear on the first. Okay. <laughs> so there is a lot of reason based on my history to believe that I like this player. Okay. Uh, has Tajay Sharp done anything recently? <laughs> Yeah, like Tajay Sharp, Mooney, (laughs) Corey Davis. Uh, Corey Davis, but I don't think he has more than Marshall. I don't think so. Um, Who else is part of the Big Billy Brigade? That's it. It's like Brandon Cooks. He hasn't done anything. No. Part of your history. Has Marquez Valdez Scantling done anything in this preseason? Not again. Surely not again. Um, uh, This sucks. How many guesses do we do we have? We got three guesses. Yeah, we haven't gotten it wrong yet. You have three strikes. If you go through two more, I'll give you an easier, easier response. Do we go with Corey Davis just to give it? Sure. Let's just say it. Corey Davis. It's wrong. Corey Davis is not on the list. Okay. Damn. All right. Just two players left in Billy's favorite place. (laughs) Yeah. He also he loves AJ Brown. He's certainly not him. No. Um. There there is reason to believe not. I like this player a lot. Oh, hasn't Josh Palmer had like a pretty good preseason? What about him? Has he done anything? Josh Palmer. I know he caught a touchdown in the last game. Or or Zay Jones. Like what? I don't know. Uh, like a Buffalo second because Buffalo. Oh, actually, yeah. What? Who's no? Who's Buffalo even played? Isaiah McKenzie. Is he? Oh, Outside of his COVID. <laughs> um. Issue. No one from Miami, no one from Cincy. Uh, All right, y'all used one hint. Uh, I'll I'll go with another. Uh, Jacob brought this player up on the podcast I was on, or I wasn't on last week, but had trouble remembering who he was. (laughs) What? (laughs) I brought this player up, but I didn't even remember who he was? Yep. But I brought him up. Yep. If you guess, like, oh, this come on, is... come on Jacob. I have no idea. I have no clue. You you want to blow through one more, and I'll give you the last hint. S- say whoever you want, Tom. I uh, I got nothing. I'm trying to think. Uh... I think the last hint will help, Jacob. Yeah. All right, let's just we'll just take the X. Just give us the X, and then give yeah. us the last hint, and then we'll go all out for this. All this right, I'll say y'all guessed Malik Taylor. He was number seven. Uh, anyway, okay. Besides, I did one. mention Malik Taylor, so there we go. Yes, yeah, there you go. Uh, so last hint: this player is playing on a team that drafted a QB in the first round. Oh, okay. Now combine all those hints together. Oh, oh that's um, San Fran. Oh, it's got to be Trent Shurfield. Oh, wait. Oh, he's digging. He's shoveling. Oh, I, I'm just helping you. I'm digging, I'm digging yeah, so it's got to be. Okay, so yeah. it's either. It's. Oh, is it. Is it. Okay, so it, I think it's either <laughs> Racy McMath or McBath or whatever the frick his name is. Racy McBath Salts. Uh, uh, Trent Shurfield, or I don't think it's a Patriots guy. Um, it, it's not a Jet. I don't think it's a Jaguars guy. I, yeah, no. Um, 
is there any other quarterbacks in the first round? Oh, the Jets, but no, it's not, it's not any of the Jets. So I think it's got to be Sherfield. But did I talk about Sherfield? Or, or is it trying McMath? to think back last, last week? Did you you wouldn't have mentioned McMath last? I week. think I kind of did. I think I actually did. Did you? I think I might have mentioned McMath. Why? <laughs> I like watching the torture. All right. Yeah, let's take, do that. Yeah, let's Ray, do McMath. Let's, let's get racy with it. Let's get racy. Final guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is neither Trent Sherfield or oh. Racy McMath. Jeez. Oh, okay. Damn it. It is Rodney Adams, the guy who pulled the 80-yard reception from Andy Dalton last week. Rodney Adams. Rodney Adams. Yep. I mentioned that guy. I don't even know last, who he is. That's last real week, name. Last week, you said the Bears wide receiver with the big play, who didn't, <laughs> who I can't remember his name. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, I still can't. <laughs> if if you would have said the Bears wide receiver with the big play, I would have let it go. I would have given it to you. Congrats, Billy. I, I, yeah, I was legitimately don't one. even know who Rodney Adams is. I'm pretty sure he's an accountant. Uh, he, he has, Rodney Adams he has seven receptions for 150 yards. This That's actually wild. Good for right. him. When we come back, we will talk about players who actually matter uh, and might you know <laughs> play in the NFL one day. So we're going to do our uh, – we are doing our redraft mock draft home league style when we come back also i feel like i have to explain the first hint i have a propensity for liking bears wide receivers oh okay right, yeah okay. i just thought you i don't know just like rodney adams <laughs> <laughs> all right really quick before we get into this if if you once you get through your home drafts, which I know you're all excited to do, that's what we got you covered for today. What's something you're going to be looking at? You might want to be looking at player props, right? Let's say you had Travis Etienne. You already did your home league. Now your season's not looking too good, right? How else are you going to be able to grind some of those edges this season, enjoy the football season? You're going to want to do it with betting player props, and there is no better place to do that than Thrive Fantasy. If you are uh, going to head over to Thrive Fantasy. What's the best, better than betting player props is betting player props for free. That's why if you deposit $100 on Thrive Fantasy when you sign up today using the promo code Full Tilt, you will get a $100 deposit match. That's right. Go to Thrive Fantasy for all of your player prop needs all season long and use promo code Full Tilt for $100 off. Now, let's get into it here. We're going to do our little mock draft here. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. With the overlay. <laughs> overlay is done. Look, it's we're, we're getting through it here. Mock draft's about to start. I will quickly explain how this works. So each of us is assigned to a draft spot. You can see here on the screen, at least you can sort of see here on the screen, that uh, Billy is going to be chilling at the 1-3. Then we're going to have uh, Tomley, or sorry, myself is at the 1-8. Tommy's at the 112. We just sort of drew to make sure everything was spaced out a little bit here. We're going to run through. The CPU is going to pick. We've ran it a few times. The CPU is not predictable. It makes weird choices. The last time we ran it, Derek Henry, Derek Henry was one, one, one. just like uh, it. So there's some yeah. sort of flawed algorithm working there. And uh, that's Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's how it's going to be. Um, there we go. Now everybody can see everybody, right? Perfect. There you go. Okay, so we're going to kick this thing off. We're going to talk through our picks a little bit. And Billy, whenever you want to hit it, hit it. 
Yeah, I'm remembering how to do sleeper. Hang on. Give me just a <laughs> second. All right. Draft is underway. All right. This is usually why, if I have the option to pick, I want to pick in the early, like, top four picks. It's so that I get one of the options in redraft of McCaffrey, Kamara, Dalvin Cook, or Derrick Henry. And in this case, I got Dalvin Cook falling down to me. That's going to be an easy choice. A lot of, lot of workhorse plays. And now we're passing it on over to Jacob to make his first choice. Yeah, so, I mean, pretty equally easy choice for me. I think that the the most obvious running back choice here would probably be Zeke Elliott. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter, you probably know that I have no interest <laughs> in drafting Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, for anyone that, that missed earlier what we're doing, by the way, this is a one QB, two running back, three wide receiver, one tight end, one flex, no tight end premium, nothing fancy, just basically your regular home league uh, like setup. Your home league. So when here, the choice is really between Adams and uh, and Travis Kelsey for me, and you know, I, I'm in this spot with my homie. I would be tempted by Adams, but with how early running backs tend to go in these home leagues, I'm pretty confident that I'm going to get a very good wide receiver actually at the two five if I want to take that route. So uh, it's a pretty easy decision for me. I'm going to lock in Travis Kelsey. Love it. Love it. Kelsey. And is that, Zeke go Taylor. Kelsey is that player that just gives you a win at a certain position every week. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah it's already a foot up on the com. Um, at the turn, I'm someone who likes to go robust. We're talking about strategies, and we're going to mention a few more strategies as we go along. But robust running back for me, starting off with two, locking in that position so I don't have to worry about it again, especially because on the turn it takes so long to come back. For me, the picks are pretty clear here. Um, Just volume. The one I want to take is Antonio Gibson, and I'm not sure if I can do it. Um, Aaron Jones, for me, has RB1. I hate the word upside, but, yeah, he's locked and loaded. So now for me it's between Najee Harris and Antonio Gibson. Uh, we know I'm the Harris fan amongst us, um, yeah. but the explosivity, the attraction, PPR, uh, Antonio Gibson, Antonio Gibson. All right. Is right there I'm you headed. go. That's nice. I'd like to see it. That's nice. Mahomes goes. Mahomes. All right. That's Yeah. So now I'm in an interesting spot here where uh, I have Kelsey. Look, my, my preferred build is usually sort of somewhere between a hero B and zero RB, but what I like, to me, I want to talk about zero RB. I feel like I'm the only person on this crew that's like sort of a, a zero RB apologist. Um, <laughs> I and, understand the concept. And yeah. like what I what I always say about zero RB is like, yeah, maybe the name is dumb. I don't know, but it's not actually about not taking running backs. It's it's generally an understanding of what the what the cost benefit analysis is on running backs. By the way, shout out to Corey. Shout Corey. Out. Uh, shout out to ZRRB. Uh, so <laughs> like it's, it's not about not taking running backs. It's the idea that a running back inherently has a far more fragile floor than a wide receiver. Their touches are given more than they are earned, especially vis-a-vis the wide receiver that makes their workload fragile. And we know they also get injured more. So what I want to not do at running back is just chase that projected volume to fill holes in my lineup. I want a roster that's going to benefit from the fragility of what's going to occur season long. And really that's the core of what zero RB is at a concept. Now I'm okay making detours when I see a running back that I think has a kind of legendary upside where there's disproportional benefit to taking that running back in the wide receiver. But personally here, I don't see that. I, you know, I'm looking at Harris. I'm looking at Mixon as the top running backs on the board. 
I like Mixon. Uh, those guys just don't really make me all that enthusiastic. So to me here, I'm just going to go ahead. I'm going to lock in another wide receiver. I'm going to take Calvin Ridley. Yeah, you like it. <laughs> no, Calvin Ridley is going to do his job this year. Like I, That's what he's going to do. Now, at this turn, this is usually, if there's still a couple of them on the board, this is where my, my brain kind of starts sending signals to the rest of my body. <laughs> and it's like take take a look at tight end. Take, take a look at <laughs> okay. take a look at what's going on. And because there's still two left on the board, and I'm very close to the turn, I'm going to hedge my bets and assume one isn't going to come back. So instead, <laughs> what I'm going to do is take a look at both the wide receivers and the running backs. And I prefer going some form of robust RB. I like having it where. Maybe they're going to get injured, but provided everyone stays healthy, I'm going to have a very, very strong running back core, and I trust my ability to get some plays later on at wide Later on. Yeah, that's the key. And, yeah. and because of that, I'm going to bite on the running back for the best offense in the league. I'm going to take Clyde Edwards-Alaire here. And... Is that? So, oh, oh, <laughs> this is what you get for taking running backs, you jabroni. So absolutely Not here, running backs. Absolutely here. I would, I would have one hundred percent taken Darren Waller at this pick. Yeah, no, no, no doubt in my mind that would have been the absolute yeah, for the pick. RBs. I don't care, Shout out I don't care who is still on the board. <laughs> very, very funny league moment. In this case, though, I'm staring at the board. And I think there is a player last year who looked really good at wide receiver. And I think there isn't much else that I can do here. I'm going to pick last year's wide receiver four and hope he continues his breakout season. I'm going to take Justin Jefferson at this bet. Nice pick. Yep. All right. So I'm back on the clock and oh man, that A-Rob going there is, <laughs> is an absolute dagger for me. Uh, I would have loved to get Allen Robinson. Uh, yeah, so I mean, I do sort of what I always do. I, I first look at the running back and I go, uh, is there any reason why I want to jump into the abyss? And the first name that I see is Miles Sanders. And my that reaction to that is to immediately yeah. tab away from running back. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah, there's, there's really nothing else I could do here except just continue to hammer wide receiver. Uh, and the highest rate of wide receiver on, on my board right now is pretty clearly CD lamb. Uh, so I'm going to take CD lamb. You know, if I'm, Right, I my idea on especially with this sort of zero RB build is I want to be irreplaceably and irreplicably elite at wide receiver. Right, yeah. so yes, these other other teams might get off to a faster start. They're going to fill running back holes, and I understand that it is harder uh, to sort of fill some of those running back holes early on in the season. But there's going to be guys like a scoop up off the waivers. There's going to be guys that I'm going to take late that might be able to ascend into roles. I want to make sure I'm banking irreplaceable production wide receiver. I think Lamb has a better opportunity to do that than some of the other guys I'm looking at if he really ascends this year. Yeah. So for me at this turn, a few a few things start to weigh into it. So we look at the roster construction. We know there's three wide receiver. So the importance of that has to slide up slightly. Um, again, you always look at running back first just because of the demand on the position. You see Chris Carson, Daryl Henderson, so you just tab away from that like Jacob did before. Carl <laughs> yeah. uh, Pitts is at the top of the tight ends. So there's no positional advantage there. Don't even think about QB, so that's fine. So we're looking at wide receiver because we want to fill in these three. And for me, again, so the idea of robust running back, the idea of trying to fill out these positions is, for me, I want to try and secure a high-level floor and then shoot for upside later on. 
So I want two players that are going to be have guaranteed volume on higher high offenses that are guaranteed to score points. Jacob made it easy taking CD Lamb before, so now I get to take the other pick and Cooper because I hate deciding between these two players. <laughs> and the other one for me will be Chris Godwin, just because I like his chance of getting decent volume this year. He still puts up good points. He may not win me a week, but I know he'll have me in most weeks. Uh, definitely. Uh, Cooper couldn't agree more on that one. And I think Godwin is also a really phenomenal wide receiver. I, I love this area of the wide receivers. Like in my perfect world, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. you know, I would, my perfect world Gibson or Eckler would have fallen to me, you know, where <laughs> I was there at the 2.5, that would have been great. Uh, and I could really take advantage. They didn't. That's fine. Uh, I'm I'm quite content to punt running back uh, far into the abyss. We're, we can start four wide receivers a week uh, in this format. And so I'm just going to keep hitting wide receivers. I'll take one of my favorite players in the NFL, uh, and that's DJ Moore. Uh, I think between Ridley and Lamb and Moore, that's three guys with a ton of upside, uh, and that's that's a really easy pick. I know some people might be more interested to in Chris Carson. My, my issue with Carson, like, yes, I, I do think that he can be a back-end RB1. We've seen that. It's just the injury risk is high at every running for every running back. I think it's especially high for Chris Carson. Uh, it's proven to be, and we know he's never going to get that full workload, right? He hasn't had like a top five caliber workload in his yeah. first four years in the league. Like it's not going to start now. So to me, I, I just, I don't see the maximum upside that that's worth deferring chances at a more stable sort of back end wide receiver one high end wide receiver two that I think more is. All right, moving on to my pick. I was kind of hoping Julio would get to me in this case. I'm kind of sad to see him not. So instead, I want to go with another player who I think is going to get a lot of target share. And as a one of the further down the board wide receivers I could get right now, who has yet to, in the last three years, has not finished lower than the wide receiver 14 in PPR. I'm Such going to take Robert Woods. I'm going to take Robert Woods. <laughs> a big Billy energy pick. No, he he is – I think Justin Jefferson is going to have a lot of blow-up games this year. But I also think it's going to be the case where he may have some games where Kirk Cousins can't throw a ball to save his life, which can be a couple games a year. So in that case, I want to hedge my bets on some of the safer floor players, take Robert Woods there, and now I can go start taking some players who I like their upside, who I think also have that possibility – to any given week, absolutely take over a game. And a couple of years ago, we saw Debo Samuel do this, where just every couple of games, he would get 15 targets and would absolutely destroy. Yeah. Now, I think it's a different player in that offense. I'm going to take Brandon Ayuk to slot in as my third wide receiver here and bet on an absolute breakout from him. I really love that start, Billy. Um, all right. So now come, now it's back to me here. Um, and there's one wide receiver left in the tier and I know I already took three, but, uh, there's still one wide receiver to me. That's it can start four. <laughs> far above the rest of these running backs. I can start four. And so I'm going to add another young upside wide receiver. Oh, uh, and that's going to be T Higgins. Damn uh, it. I think, uh, I think T Higgins is not who I thought it was going to be. I think T. Higgins is an absolute stud. I have T. Higgins ranked so aggressively. Uh, he's my wide receiver 17 this year. I have him ranked above yeah. Julio. I have him ranked above Cooper Cup. Uh, I, I think that, look, he, he had, I wrote about him recently in my Stacks article on Player Profiler, but he's a guy that 
he did everything you want as a rookie. He was up over 20% target share. That was more impressive command of volume than even CeeDee Lamb last year. He was in a class really with Ayuk and with Jefferson in that regard. Yes, Chase is going to come in there, but when Burrow is healthy, this team threw the absolute shit out of the ball. They threw it at the highest neutral rate passing uh, propensity in the league. Their defense is not that good. They're going to throw it a whole ton again. And yes, maybe he won't see that 25% alpha target share that others will, but a 22, 23% target share is fully within his range of outcomes. And that goes a very long way in this Bengals offense. So I'm happy to get him. Yes, I know I need to take a running back at some point. No, I, I don't really care. T, T. Higgins scares me. Interesting. Yeah, because T. Higgins was the guy I wanted to slide to me. So this turn, so I want to add another wide receiver. The tight ends have gone. T. Higgins was the guy, and as soon as you said young uh, receiver, I knew you were going to take him away from me, which is very. I sad. thought someone else. I thought someone else was going. I, I was mean, hoping. Yeah, I like, mean, uh, Claypool yeah. too, but yeah, yeah. So I, so I would say who it was, so. but I'm hoping he comes back. Yeah, so that's where I'm sort of sitting between us now. I've got Deontay Johnson, who's a bit of volume, um, but Chase Claypool is more of that upside, big boom wide receiver that I think can have massive games. And I said before, I took floor, so now I want to start taking some upside. So Chase Claypool is the wide receiver that I'll take oh, well, he to add to my team. Yeah. yeah, so I was hoping that you were going to take anyone else but T. Higgins. That's fine. Um, looked at tight ends. So both Hawkinson and Andrews went in that fifth round. Decent value for them. I think the volume Hawkinson's going to get makes him possible to take in that round. And I might have looked at him at the end of the term, but he's gone. So now that whole tier is wiped out. QB, not worth looking at just yet, but it's starting to become a little bit more present in my mind. Do I take another wide receiver for the flex? Or do we look across at running back? We're saying it's getting deeper. I know that one team in this draft has started to fade running back. So I got my other zero RB friend right beside so me here at Team 7. What, what I would start to do is I'd start to look at, well, if I'm going to take a player and there's a possibility to trade them within the season, do I start putting some positional uh, stress on? Uh, and J-Rob and, and Williams both stand out as guys. I love Javante. I don't know when he's going to break out this year. And we know J-Rob's got the volume. So they're two that do appeal here. Um, I don't want to take Javante because he's from the same team as Claypool. Some guys like taking that stack, but I'm not one of them. Uh, Judy is also someone who I like the upside of, but I'm going to start putting some pressure on that position. I'm going to take Javante Williams. Oh, Jacob's RB one is James Robinson. Here it comes. Yeah. So this is this is just such a beautiful scenario. The zero RB gods smiled on me. Uh, you know, we're sitting here in round six, and you know, I can get a guy who was a top ten running back last year. We already mentioned. You know, I don't <laughs> think that he's he's going to be that guy this year, but. He's still sitting there uh, right around RB19, I believe, in my ranks right now. RB18, actually, because I moved Henderson down a touch. Uh, so I'm I'm pretty content to, to slot in James Robinson. You know, worst case, I think I'm getting a solid RB2 floor. If things break right, uh, then I'm going to get, you know, that low-end RB1 upside. And to me, like, if I'm looking at this board, like, this is why I, I enjoy CRRB, because I'm looking at Swift, Jacobs, Monty Sanders, you know, in round three, Henderson, Carson, yeah. like, to me, J-Rob is easily in the same tier as all of those guys. Um, and, you know, now I'm, I'm able to get those points banked up at, uh, at the wide receiver position. So I'm, I'm feeling quite happy. And now that I have one guy who I think is an every week starter for me at running back, RB2, I almost just don't care. Because to me, like RB2, there's going to be Orleans Darquas and Wayne Gallmans and Gio <laughs> Bernards. That I'm going to pull off waivers. They're going to be my lineups at some time. And so yeah. now I don't really have to worry about it too much. And I just get to shoot for upside. I... I wish this was for a real league because I love the idea of every single week Jacob finally 
being fed that morsel of food, and Carlos Hyde just runs by and snags that. Just takes it away. The, yeah. The yeah. concept of that, I think, is the funniest thing. Carlos Hyde will forever tilt me in all capacities. Anyway, I'm sitting on the board right now, and part of me wants to go and grab. I kind of have two running backs left that still interest me as players on my team. And that's about the best compliment I can give. But I, there, there's some players on the board here who I think present some asymmetrical upside. That Shout out asymmetrical not, upside. Yeah, asymmetrical, asy- asymmetrical upside. upside. That's it's an expensive word that I think could push themselves further on into the redraft rankings next year. And I think it's a little ridiculous that they aren't higher this year. So with that being said, my fourth wide receiver, my flex option, is going to be Robbie Anderson right now. I, Another I Billy on-brand pick. It's so on-brand. I, I think Robbie Anderson – people forget how much Robbie Anderson worked as a deep threat in New York because they brought him in and put him in as this, you know, pound-the-ground possession wide receiver in Carolina. But they just extended him. I think he's going to be an absolute stud this year. And with McCaffrey coming back, I think that offense could be a lot better and present a lot of work for Robbie Anderson moving forward. Now, back on the board, because I had the turn, and there's a couple players here that still kind of interest me. Part of me wants to take Noah Fant. Part of me wants to buy into the profile. The you know, There's the narrative that uh, tight ends tend to break out in their fourth year. But... There's also a player on the board who I think presents a large amount of upside. And moving forward, specifically this year, I think they can make a push to be a wide receiver one. And I can can sit him on my bench. And if he ends up blowing up, I can just start slotting him in instead of robbing him. So with that being said, uh, my wide receiver five is Jerry Judy. Yeah, I I think you should have taken him before Robbie. Yeah, I would have put those two picks. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. Yes, That's process fine. worked. Process worked. All right, so I'm back up on the clock here. Um, and at this point, it's like, okay, are we going to take a flyer on RB2 or are we not? There's look, I, there's a lot of wide receivers that I like similarly right now. Um, you know, Some I'm more emotionally attached to than others. But to me, there's only one running back left that I think has some sort of path to being an RB1 without an injury. And I don't want to risk... Uh, someone else taking him. So I'm going to go ahead and select Trey Sermon. Uh, I think that that's a guy where, you know, if he's able to assert himself uh, and take that job, I don't think it's going to happen in week one. But personally, we all know how how extremely bountiful the running back position is in that Shanahan 49ers offense. The issue is, you know, they've used multiple guys to do it. But to me, I don't, I don't just buy that Kyle Shanahan – you know, is forever tied to the idea of a committee. I always say running backs make committees, not coaches. I think if Trey Sermon comes out and he asserts himself that he's clearly the best running back on that team, that he can contribute in all phases of the running back position, I don't know if that's going to happen. But if it does, you know, we could see him being a 60, 70% snap share guy, I think, by the by the time we get into the second half of the season. And that's a tantalizing upside to get uh, here in round seven. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I mean, you're right. Looking through the rest of the running backs available, Jones, Carter, Harris, Connor, none of these guys, as much as Harris will have volume, um, scream that they have any upside near the RB1. Um, So for zero, I'd be like that. For me, because I went Javante last time, 
we're pretty well rounded. Want to double tap on wide receiver because tight end's still looking pretty bleak. Uh, it doesn't really matter to me at this point. Never really matters to me at the start of the draft anyway, but that's not the point. Um, no one at QB screams positional advantage either. Uh, the Lamar Jacksons, the Kylers, the Dak Prescotts, all those guys have already gone. So I'm not looking there. So it's wide receivers with, again, we want upside, we want point scoring. Brandon Cooks is a guy that is getting slid down draft boards like crazy. He has massive volume. I don't know who's throwing him the ball, um, but he's going to be good. So he'll be one I tap there. And then I'm looking down the board a little bit more. you got Billy Needles, who doesn't play until week two. But hey, I don't shout mind out. Him. Yeah, I don't mind him in that um, that Miami offense. Uh, Pittman, eh, not really. So I'm going to go with LaVisca Chenault. So oh, I mean, we God, talked yeah. about that so Jacksonville so that Jacksonville offense before. We're not sure what's happening with it, but Trevor Lawrence is still a good quarterback. LaVisca is an outstanding player, and at this point of the draft is an outstanding value for me. Yeah, I would have absolutely loved if LaVisca Chenault was available for my next pick. Uh, so really there's three guys to me that I, I would be torn between normally, and that's the aforementioned South Beach Billy Needles and Michael Gallup and Tyler Boyd. So the tiebreaker for me just comes down to I already have a Dallas wide receiver and I already have a Bengals wide receiver. In <laughs> in best ball, I would love to take two from the same team, take the quarterback yeah. and stack it because I don't care which one goes off each week. But in redraft, you know, outside of certain matchups, I'm not going to want to uh, sort of bet against the upside case for my individual guy. So since they're all kind of the same tier anyways, easy choice for me. I'm going to take Will Fuller. Um, you know, I don't really care that he's missing week one. He's not in my starting lineup the first week. Well, that's, it, right? that's the advantage. Uh, he's got a wide receiver four, five. So, so yeah. uh, not a concern for me. And, and, you know, similarly, so like, well, Fuller gets hurt a lot. Well, whatever. If, if he's hurt, slide into the IR spot, gives me extra room to take another, uh, picks up somebody off waivers and he'll start for me when he needs to. Uh, Billy, right. why don't you make your pick quick? And then we'll have a little quick recap because, uh, we'll have been done eight rounds, which is, technically enough to fill your starting lineup if people chose to do that. And then we'll finish up the second half of the draft. All right. Well, one thing I always preach when I'm playing fantasy football is I love to stack. It's one of my favorite things to do. I love getting pure production in terms of a stack. And there's one QB left who interests me in a stack. And I'm going to talk about the strategy a little bit later on in my later picks. But right now I want to sit down and take who I think is going to have an absolutely phenomenal year in one of the best offenses and a running game that just can't seem to stay healthy. So because of that, I'm going to take Matthew Stafford here as my QB one. I think right, right about now is the late round and it's kind of a tear break after that. Tannehill is phenomenal. I just hope he can keep up with it. And then Jalen Hurts is kind of, he's kind of everyone's pick to be, the Lamar from this year, the Mahomes or the Allen from this year, the late round QB who can make a push for that QB one. I'm going to necessarily play it safe and take who I think could be a top five QB uh, in a couple rounds, ideally, or someone else will take them and I'll be talking about it later on. I'm personally shocked that Billy would ever play it safe. All right. <laughs> uh, you know, look, as much as I like ripping on you, Billy, uh, I've done two super flex industry drafts so far, and I have Matt Stafford in both of them. I'm probably a little bit more excited about Stafford in a super flex format than in a one QB, but I, I definitely do think he's going to be really good fantasy option. So let's do this quick here. Um, let's just talk about where we're at with our with our rosters. Uh, Billy, you're up first, so why don't you why don't you talk first? I'll highlight this here on the screen. Um, 
And uh, yeah, so t- let us know when you're looking at your roster, how do you feel about it right now? And how do you approach the second half of the draft in terms of what you're sort of targeting based on where you're at? I love my roster right now. I think I'm set up in a position with running backs. Spoiler alert, I'm about to take another one. Uh, I'm set up in a position with running backs where every single week, provide there is an injury, which there's always going to be an injury with running backs, but you kind of just have to play that game. Provide there is an injury, I think I have a strong case to beat everyone at running back uh, week to week. That being said, I also love my wide receiving core. I kind of don't like that I stacked Alvin Cook with Justin Jefferson just in terms of two sides of the offense necessarily not producing at the same time. But I think Dalvin Cook is the exception to that. And I think Justin Jefferson has a lot of upside to potentially increase his touchdown potential this year. Uh, Going down, I think I kind of have a good mix of upside and safe plays, uh, be it uh, Woods and Anderson kind of being safer, and Ayuk and Judy presenting a lot of upside. And then Matthew Stafford, who so long as he doesn't have a – broken back is going to play and produce as a good QB, especially with how good that passing attack is going to be this year. Uh, besides that, um, I'll save my pick until after some further explanation. So Jacob, let me pass it on to you. Yeah. So looking at my squad. Um, yeah. I think I'm pretty happy with the way that this draft has gone. Uh, like I said, in my perfect world, you know, either I get like Barkley, for instance, to fall to me at the one eight running back I really like, or like I said, Gibson or Eckler to fall to me at the two five. And then day, I'm pretty picky with the running backs that I choose. And I just didn't get in those first two rounds a guy that I, I felt really good about to build that uh, hero RB style. And so it ended up being more of a zero RB build. I mean, my, my first four wide receivers, I truly couldn't be happier. Uh, Ridley, Lamb, Moore, Higgins. Uh, I see each of them having absolutely sky high upside. I, I truly do believe that each one of these wide receivers individually has the upside to be a top half wide receiver one if everything goes their way this year. And when I'm building this type of roster, that's really what I am trying to do. I don't really have to worry about floor wide receiver because I'm going to have a lot of wide receivers. I'm going to have a couple wide receivers probably on my bench that I'm happy to start every week. And the only way that this team works is if I get a couple of wide receivers who are providing totally irreplaceable value. And so to me, you know, while I really like you know, Woods, Cop, Lockett, guys like that. With this build, guys like Moore and Higgins are, are just more more valuable to me. And then you get Robinson. Uh, like I said, I just think I'm thrilled in the value there in the sixth. And then Sermon is going to be the first of many upside darts uh, in terms of trying to capture that upside at RB2. And I think Sermon is in a nice position where you can actually do that without an injury. So my bench, you know, probably going to add maybe one more wide receiver. Otherwise, it's mostly just going to be taking as many darts as I can uh, running back. And then at some point, we'll figure out a quarterback. Uh, let's pan over quickly to uh, to Tom Lee's team. Yep. So, I mean, being on the turn is a position I really like because you can control the narrative of your draft as much as you can. Um, Jones, Gibson, good start. Happy with running back. Love the wide receivers. Javante, for me, like I said, I think we're all pretty high on him, um, but I think he'll take over as the starting running back pretty quickly in that offense. So he gives me that nice flex or backup running back. And then a little bit like Jacob, I'm just looking to tap Tight end, maybe once or twice, depending on how we go here. And then it's only he and I that need a QB for our starting roster, and there's still two that I like, so it doesn't really matter who goes where and what we do there. Um, And, yeah, it's just tapping guys with upside on the way back. So looking at bench positions, if there's a wide receiver that stands out, I'll grab him. But if not, it's just filling in running backs that you can either trade when they get an opportunity or you can have as backups for your own team. All right. So uh, with that said here, 
Um, let's rock and roll. I also just realized that you guys could like see my cue the entire time. Uh, I've been looking <laughs> yeah, it's actually really funny. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, all right, Billy, take it away, buddy. You're on the clock. All right. Um, so, and we'll, we'll so, try and go a little bit more rapid fire I, for this last eight rounds. I lost my ability to talk real quick. All right. There. So the last couple of years, there's been one player who I absolutely love, and his name is Tony Pollard, because I thought any given week, he provides the ability to slide into your flex. I always took him. I think that's a great option. However, this year, I think there's a new Tony Pollard, mm. and he plays for my favorite team. Yeah, I'll see my And his name is A.J. Dillon. Fuck. So I think A.J. Dillon has a lot of touchdown upside to fill in as a flex. I also think if Aaron Jones ends up going down, knock on everything I can find, A.J. Dillon is going to be an absolute starter on my team. So I, I think that's great value sitting there in the ninth round. Yeah, yeah so I, I definitely wanted A.J. Dillon uh, to come to my next pick. I would have made it a pretty easy choice. Uh, A.J. Dillon, of course, is not here. The, just no other running back really sticks out to me. Uh, I know that I'll need to add some later, but to me, Dylan was the only one that had that level of upside that actually also has a startable floor. Um, so to me, there's just one player I think is better than everybody else on the board, and I'll just take Michael Gallup. Um, I think he's a really strong uh, option. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to take any other wide receivers for the rest of this draft now, but uh, he's a tear break to me. I, I think he's a round six, round seven quality player. I think that he's going to be an every week flex option and if something were to happen to Amari Cooper or CD Lamb we've already seen him be the wide receiver 17 in this offense uh just two years ago so I think he's a really high upside option both weekly and, and season long yeah I agree so Gallup was the guy that I was going to aim for if I wanted wide receiver um hmm, as it is so we've had a couple of teams double tap on QB which is interesting um which is just hilarious out. it's so strange but that's right so Jalen Hurts is the last one for me that has QB1 upside with his running game until the rookies take over. Um, so that's QB1 on the year, not necessarily QB1 production week to week. Um, so I'll tap him here for QB, secure that okay. position. Then I either look at tight end and put one on my roster or I look at running back again and see if there's any sneaky value there. Um, I'm happy with tapping a lot of these guys late for running back. Wide receiver, I mean, Darnell Mooney's there. Um, Curtis Samuel, both decent. Will Bateman be healthy? Is he interesting? Um, <laughs> and then looking down at one of our guys that I'm assuming uh, Cobb might take later. But I'll tap on on tight end. Um, Tyler Higby, I don't know, again, with this running game getting more and more muddled, um, I don't mind the, the volume Higby might see, and I like Stafford as a quarterback. So I'll just put him in there and stream the rest of it if it goes to shit. So. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Coming in here, I mean, we're, we're kind of in the running back zone now. Uh Tommy's already taken his quarterback. Hurts would have been the next one I would have taken. But at this point, uh, you know, if people continue to take draft backup quarterbacks, like, I guess, sure. I don't know. It doesn't really bother me. Um, I'm, I'm fully content to stream quarterback if it comes to it. Um, what I'm looking at a running back right now is I, I need a running back that I want to start week one because Sermon's not going to be the guy. But more importantly, I want guys who can actually, you know, find RB1 upside to match what other teams are doing at running back and do it cheaper. And, that, and to me, that's the premium. You know, if it comes down to it, I'm okay taking like Gio Bernard and starting him in week one at my RB2. So uh, the guy right now that clearly has incomparable upside right now is the guy Billy already talked about. It's going to be Tony Pollard. Um, and so yeah. that that's an easy one for me. Stash him on the bench. Don't even look at him. And, uh, you know, hopefully I get a break. Team four. Sucked in. I was like, uh, oh, shit, he's coming top back. Scene. Top I, scene. I, 
I would have taken him last round, but you should have left me AJ Dillon. It's karma. I, yeah, that's that's payback. So here is where I kind of start looking at the tight end who I think has a lot of upside. There isn't a whole lot left on the board at tight end. It's kind of been picked clean by the vultures. So I'm going to move on and hope I can get him probably in the 12th round, the next come around, because it's not tight end premium. So if, if I got to stream some of my deeper picks at tight end, which I had a lot of them, I probably will just opt to do that. So moving over to wide receiver, there's two to three guys who I think have a lot of upside to have a serious breakout this year. One of them has been questionable throughout training camp and hasn't played this preseason. One is just a big question mark, but has a lot of draft capital behind him. So I'm going to take the questionable one. I'm going to take Curtis Samuel because I think he has a lot of upside any given week and has the potential to make some great plays. Man, when the now, Lamar Jackson team is taking a backup quarterback, I, we fully we fully jumped the shark. <laughs> yeah, we're, there, there is no more shark to jump. Now, <laughs> with, with half the teams in the league having a backup quarterback and one team only having one, this is where I would look to take my outside quarterback. Um, but wait, there, you would you would draft two quarterbacks with Stafford? Really? With, so here here is my thought: is there are QBs on the board right now? There's two of them who I think have the potential to make that Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Sam Allen. Donald. <laughs> yeah, Sam Darnold. Be still my beating. Wow. There, there's two on the board. I think y'all can guess. But, two that I'm thinking of. But, but, but aren't you betting on Stafford to take that leap? Like, otherwise, why are you taking him in the eighth round? I, I'm betting on Stafford to produce very well. I'm betting on Stafford to produce as a top eight QB. QB. But there's one QB left on the board who I think legitimately has a chance, who if they came out and said he is the starter, he is playing for our team, he has the chance to be a top four QB going into this year. And this is usually where I would go on to snap at him, but there's still a lot of value on the board. So I'm going to take a pick that I think is very similar to AJ Dillon. He's very safe, has flex upside any given week if all my wide receivers, you know, snap their Achilles. So because of that, I'm going to sit down and look at a player who I think if the starter ahead of them gets hurt, he has a bunch of upside. Uh, I accidentally just looked and saw that Jacob has him in his queue. So I'm going to take Gus Edwards. <laughs> Uh, didn't see that ahead of that, but besides the point, I think That's Gus right. Edwards has flex capabilities and has potential to produce as a RB2 uh, yeah. if something were to happen to any of the players ahead of them. <laughs> Yeah, so that's that's funny. I yeah, Gus was definitely my plan at the next pick because I still don't have a guy who can start week one or really a, a comfortably as my RB two. I think Gus could have been that guy, but at this point, um, you know, I'm probably just going to take one of those late pass catchers to fill that role. It's been made painfully obvious that I will not get this guy um, uh, in round thirteen, and with Fields going off the board, to me, there's a pretty obvious uh, gap between this guy and anyone else. Um, yeah, yeah, I. I Simply don't care when he gets a starting job. Um, I care about who's starting in the playoffs. And if Trey Lance is not starting by week 14, I will be very surprised. Uh, Trey Lance is my QB7 in redraft for that reason. Um, because when he starts, he's going to be one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy. And I will smash him here. I have taken Trey Lance in every single redraft league that I've done this year. And I will continue to. I yeah. think Trey Lance's floor is like QB12. 
if he plays yeah, the whole season. I totally like, agree. I, it's not, like, I think he has so much value in redraft. And I think when we're looking at this next year, we're looking at potentially picking him where we're taking, like, Herbert right now. Yeah, totally. Totally. All right, Tom. Yep, so I'm going to wait to take RB like Jacob is. I'll just pick up what's left. And I'm looking across, because what we want here, especially for the bench, is guys who over the first few weeks can boom straight off the bat and have possibly some trade value. Um, we all know from the walkabout that I'm a very trade-happy and active manager, uh, and that does not change with redraft. So there's two guys in the wide receiving core. One of them is our boy, Marquez Moneyman Callaway. Um and then I'm sort of split between, do I want to take a shot on one of three guys? So Jacoby Myers, Terrence Marshall, or Brian Edwards. Uh, and for me, it's Edwards. We haven't really picked anyone from the Las Vegas offense yet, apart from Waller. Um, and if there is a role to be had, he's got a decent shot at it. I'll know by week two whether we've got something or not. I, I think I know Jacob's pick here, and I think it really upsets me. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm a little upset, actually, myself. Um I, I would have definitely wanted Jamal Williams. He would have been another guy where, especially with the talk, they might be working Swift in a little bit slowly. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if that's 50-50 snaps in week one with Swift working back from the groin. But, of course, he's once again gone. So, uh, once again, it's going to be right down the upside train. Uh, I can't imagine that Billy would have taken this person because if he would actually handcuff his running back and redraft, then he's just terrible. So, I will take Alexander Madison. Ah, fucking Janu. I really want Janu. I think Janu has a potential to have a really large target share, and he has that yak ability that makes him very attractive. I think he has the potential to do what we wanted Evan Ingram to do last year. Um, so I was, he was going to be my next pick, hands down. And now I'm just sitting here. Wait, wait, and you thought that I was going to take Janu Smith? No, uh, oh. I thought you were going. I thought you were going to take someone else. Oh, okay. Um, I was like, I have when, when, <laughs> when he comes off the board, I'll talk about who I okay, okay, okay. But so now looking down the board, there's one player left who I think, and he comes from the same team as the last two players that just went. <laughs> uh, I think he has the potential to break out as a wide receiver too this year. And at this point, that's just the value I'm going to be go. sitting on. If he doesn't do anything, He's on waivers by week two, and I pick up some tight end stream. So with that, I'm taking Jacoby Myers. Nice pick, nice pick. I, I think he just has value at his position. And now, oh, all right. <laughs> so this is going to be my tight end pick. The, this is kind of where I've been. This is going to be my tight end. And I have a player who I hope comes back to me in the 14th round who I think has a lot of interest at a potential very serious breakout uh, next year. So with that, it becomes a meme every time I talk about him. I think he has a lot of upside as the tight end. Um, he's going to be in a great offense, a lot of red zone targets. I'm taking Jared Cook as my tight end one. Yep. That helps the age model. I, I, <laughs> ideally, ideally, I was going to take – like, there were so many situations. I want to take Irv Smith right before he went. I would have taken Tanyan if he came back to me. I wanted Higby. I wanted Janu. Like, that's just the way the board fell to me. Mm-hmm. And if I have to stream tight end, I'll stream tight end. Yeah, so I have two picks left, and basically I, I need I need two starters for my last <laughs> two picks. I need my week one QB1, because obviously it's, it's probably not going to be Lance. And then I need to have my, my week one RB1. 
um, which is, you know, it's going to probably be one of those pass catchers. So to me, there's, there's one guy at QB one that really stands out for the rest of the pack. Uh, especially if I need someone to potentially start for a prolonged stretch, I'm definitely going to take uh, Tua Tungavailoa. He stacks well with, with uh, Will Fuller. Uh, I love Tua this year. I think he has QB1 upside. Um, and, you know, maybe if Lance doesn't start for six to eight weeks, which I don't think is going to happen, but if it does, I think that it's possible Tua can sustain as a quarterback for a while. All right. All right. So, Tom Lee, I want, I'm going to get let you talk. But Tua Tungavailoa was – so originally when I was talking about, there are two players, I think, who have the potential to take that Lamar lead. I feel like a lot of people who may have been listening thought I was talking about Lance and Fields. I was talking about Lance, but number two wasn't Fields. It was Tua. Interesting. I think Tua has the potential to come out and absolutely ball. And I think that means he, he doesn't have the rushing upside. That, that is where we have to worry about Tua. Like, he, he was a mobile quarterback at Alabama, kind of in the, the same vein as we talked about some other players who aren't really mobile, but they are glad to take the ball down and run. But Tua, I think, has very high touchdown upside, given the receiving core that they have built around him, and also has a very muddled team behind him. The, the biggest flag, I think, against Tua right now is how good that defense is going to be. So Tua absolutely was going to be my last round pick in that case. Uh, I was hoping he would come around to me. I was hoping I could let him sit on my bench and, <laughs> it's, and let the upside come. But besides that, very happy Tua got picked because I think he's very excited. Yeah, like you can – I wrote an article this week on the five stacks, best to break your league, and uh, you can see that I take my own advice because I took both <laughs> Tua and Fuller, which was number one on my list. Uh, I also took Lance, who was one of my honorable mention quarterbacks. And then I have Moore and Higgins and Fuller. And that was number four, number two, and number one on the receivers. The only ones that I'm missing out on here are Devontae Smith and LaVisca Chenault. So uh, <laughs> definitely pumping my guys here. All right, Tommy, last two picks. All right, what's happened, Rapid? Um, running back, just take some shots, Steve. Keep him on the bench if something happens. Cool. Uh, and I'm a little bit evil, so I want to try and hurt Jacob. Uh, James White. Sure, passing volume. Uh, we talked about him before with the Sony Michelle news, and the second one will be Sony Michelle. Oh because no! Why not? Shit! <laughs> Damn. Why not have a look to see if there's any upside with that pick? Because yeah, for him to be sitting here in the 14th and maybe have a share of that Rams offense, I'll take that shot. Yeah, well, Sony Michelle was absolutely going to be my last pick. Um, yeah, I, I was looking at it as like, you know what? He's actually so much more valuable than the rest of these guys that I'll just pick up, you know, whichever random pass catcher doesn't end up on on the uh, on the wire, right? Because they're going to move Fuller over into the suspension spot. <laughs> but um, so now that Sony's gone, you know, I was thinking about Chuba too, just in case we got a, a camp injury. But at this point, I'll just take my RB1. I, I will take Giovanni Bernard. Um <laughs> So I, I think Giovanni Bernard, I think that the hype is very real. I, I think that yeah. uh, Fournette and Rojo were absolute trash uh, on as pass catchers last year. And it wasn't just Rojo. It was also Fournette until the playoffs. <laughs> um, I think that Gio absolutely has a role as a third down back. And I think that when they do the two-minute drill, Gio's going to get all those snaps. I think that if they play a game where they're falling behind, Gio's going to be there for the whole second half. And they're playing Dallas week one. I expect that to be a shootout. I expect Gio to get a lot of snaps in that game. I expect him to catch six, seven passes in that game because Tom Brady absolutely lives to check down to his running backs. So I'm fully comfortable trotting out Gio as my week one starter um, at RB2 in like multiple leagues. 
And he's also my second highest rostered player in best ball. I love Giovanni Bernard this year. Uh, I really like Gio this year. I love that pick. He would have been my pick. Uh, there were nine picks ahead of me, and I would have taken roughly six of the players that got taken. <laughs> so that was really unfortunate. And now I'm kind of looking at the board, and you know what? I, I don't really want anyone on the board. Like this, this is a very very. Yeah. This is a, yeah. I'm gonna. You don't want Tevin Coleman. No, this is a this is a very very rough board right now. Uh, part of me wants to like go back and kind of snag some of these more uh, <laughs> some of these other QBs, but the fact of the matter is, if anything happens, they're still going to be on the waiver wire. Yeah, you stream. Everyone in this league has two quarterbacks, so if I got to grab Fitz off the board or whatever, that's fine. So I'm going to take a player who I think is pure upside. Like I, he flashed a lot in the preseason. I think there's abs. There's a dud ahead of him. I know it's a meme that I like the player that's ahead of them, but I mean, he looked very good in the off season or in the preseason this year. So with that, with my last pick, I'm going to be saying I'm Pat Fryer move for my tight end too. He's very similar You're to the Kobe Eric Myers. Ebron guy. <laughs> that's what I said. Uh, he's very similar to Kobe Myers where if he, if something comes out and he doesn't do anything, I drop him for a quarterback. Like yeah. it's it's such a nothing pick this late Absolutely. in the round. But I mean, players like Gabe Davis are still on waivers. So. I, I traded Gabe Davis basically for a roster spot today, so I'm fine with <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. So real quick, just to run down my roster at running back, I have Delvin Cook, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, AJ Dillon, and Gus Edwards. Wide receiver, I have a stack group, Justin Jefferson, Robert Woods, Brandon Ayuk, Robbie Anderson, Jerry Judy, Curtis Samuel, Jacoby Myers. And then quarterback, sitting with Matthew Stafford. I wanted to take a second one. I wanted to take either Lance or uh, Tua. Unfortunately, Jacob had other plans. And at tight end, I am taking purely touchdown upside at, in Jared Cook and Pratt Fire. Wow, Pratt Fire move. Pratt Fire move. <laughs> You can't let me me talk for more than two minutes. Jacob, why don't you take it over? Man, my team, I'm trying to like toy with the things that I can see every pick. And for whatever reason, it's like just absolutely, here we go. Finally got it to work. Look at that. I'm going to (laughs) screenshot it quick while I have it. All right. So my team, um, I've got Travis Kelsey here leading it off. Of course, he'll be at tight end. Ridley, Lamb, Moore, Higgins. They're all be my starters at wide receiver. Fuller and Gallup on the bench. We'll start two in week one. Hopefully Trey Lance comes in sooner than later. And then running back, it's pretty much an all offside crew. Robinson RB1. Then we've got Sermon, Pollard, Madison. And Gio probably would be drawing the week one start for me, depending on, you know, if we hear anything more concrete out of 49ers camp. And Pollard and Madison are just going to be chilling on the bench, hoping for that injury at some point. Uh, so that's uh, that's my squad. And then Tom Lee, how about you? Yep, so Jalen Hurts quarterback into Jones and Gibson at running back. Cooper, Gobb, and Claypool make up the starting wide receivers. Higby at tight end. And then for that flex spot, any of Williams, Cooks, Chanel, Callaway, Edwards, all upside wide receivers in there. Um, so if any break out, then we're looking to play them or to trade them. And then two running backs to finish off with White and Tony Michelle for a bit of upside. Um, really like this roster. Would stream quarterback or tight end if any of mine go down or don't perform. 
All right, that'll do it for us. Uh, I'm going to post this up on Twitter. I'm going to get people to vote on who has the best team. Definitely no one will vote me because Twitter absolutely hates zero running back. Uh, they just hate it. Yeah. Every time I post, it's my absolute favorite thing, man. Like, I'll, I'll post a team. I, I had arguably, like, I had the best redraft team I've ever drafted in my life in my home league. And it wasn't even zero running back. Like, I took Kamara in the first round. And I didn't even really wait that long for RB2. I took Javante in the sixth. Yeah. Um, and then, and like I posted this team, it was insane. Like it, it was like Kamara, Javante. I had uh, Jalen Hurts at quarterback. I had Ridley. Um, I had Waller. I had um, oh, I had uh, I think Robert Woods was in there, and I had Judy, Javante Smith, like all of these guys, like a bench full of like Gallup and Waddle and Pollard and all these upside guys. Sermon was on that team too, and everyone else was like, man, like. Have you considered that your RB two is might not start for his own team in week one? I was like, I was like, literally, why do I care about that? Yeah, uh, what am I doing? I was like, I'm starting Hines in week one anyway. Um, yeah, uh, was, the Twitter hatred for zero RB in the face of all uh, win rate evidence will continue to baffle me, but I find it very entertaining. So, thanks for your contribution to my Twitter analytics, zero RB haters. Um, okay, real quick, uh, Billy, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at BigBillyFF. I just started rolling out some of my preview 22 stuff. Uh, we looked at Brees Hall and Traylon Burks last week. Traylon Ooh. Burks is very fun. Uh, this oh, yeah. week we're looking at my RB1, Isaiah Stiller, uh, nice. as of right now. He is so flipping fun to watch. So if y'all, need, if y'all need something to do next, next week or over the weekend, take some time, boot up Dynasty Nerds, Go watch Isaiah Stiller because yeah, he is so like it, it's been a while since I've seen a player this fun to watch. Like Ooh. he is, he is so exciting. So anyway, I'll start. I don't know, man. Have you seen Stephen Colvin in, in preseason? No, but I have seen Lamar Jackson run, and that's who Isaiah Stiller <laughs> reminds me of. So now we're gonna pass the ball on over to Tom Lee. Tom Lee, where can they find you? Yep, so I'm at Tom underscore Lee92 on Twitter. You can also find me on the Fantasy Walkabout with Thomas Tipple FF at Thomas Tipple FF. We're currently doing the Antonio Gibson rookie card giveaway, the Score Chronicles rookie card giveaway. Uh, essentially, follow all of us, all the four of us on Twitter. DM us or tag us in a post as to why you love Antonio Gibson the most, and the best uh, post will get the reward of the Antonio Gibson rookie card. Uh, aside from that, also putting all the content up at fulltiltdynasty.com. Um, plenty of exciting stuff coming into the season, so keep checking that out. Um, yeah, rally around us. I I was, I was thought I was about to break this news live on the air, but it turns out it broke about three hours ago. Uh, everyone, Devin Funches has been released. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yeah, if you're still on Devin Funches, uh, why? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, uh, you can find me on Twitter, FF underscore RTGB. Uh, pinned at the top of my profile is my latest article on the five stacks set to break your league wide open, um, especially more related for Superflex and best ball, where you're digging a little bit deeper into quarterbacks. But definitely, I still think can apply, especially at least some of them in redraft. And certainly, all the takes on the wide receivers, I think, hold up for a redraft concept. Uh, for people listening right now, I'll give you a hit number five. Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts. Number four, Sam Darnold, DJ Moore. Number three, T. Higgins, or sorry, LaVisca Chenault, Trevor Lawrence. Number two is T. Higgins and Joe Burrow. And number one is Tua and Will Fuller, as I drafted today, quite fittingly. Um, that's that's a continuation of, of the piece that I wrote on the anatomy of a league-winning stack, where we went, we looked historically at the 
stacks that best outperformed ADP over time, the types of traits that they have in common. Uh, I think of all the stuff I did this summer, this is probably the most actionable content uh, for your leagues, especially if you're doing super flex drafts. I really encourage you to check it out. Otherwise, you can find me here uh, not hosting every Friday with Tom and with Billy. Uh, and I'm sure this is not the last that we will see uh, Tom Lee on the Friday show. Uh, you can also find me on Tuesdays with Chase and Shane for Dynasty Intervention. You can find me in season. Uh, that show is going to be moved to Wednesday. Uh, I will also be writing a weekly DFS article for Player Profiler. And there will be a new show coming to the Full Tilt uh, Dynasty Podcast Network that will probably have to do with Daily Fantasy. I will be running in the fall. More details on that definitely will be coming soon, but keep your eyes peeled. Uh, certainly not going anywhere for the fall. So everybody have a lovely evening. Billy, Tom, a pleasure. Everyone that stuck with us today, thank you very much. And good luck in your home leagues and whatever else you're doing this weekend. Bye. Clear eyes, full hearts.